The following audio is from Grace Fellowship of Westerville. More information about the church is available at www.gracefcwesterville.org. Joshua was a soldier, one of the most extraordinary military commanders of his time. He was a straightforward man whose chief concern was carrying out the word of God to the letter. He was clearly God's man, and he lived every day to fulfill God's direction in his life. In fact, God told him at the beginning of the conquest in Joshua chapter 1, verse 7, only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. And this is exactly what Joshua did, and he was successful. Joshua directed the Jewish conquest of Canaan for several long years, subduing all the great fortresses in the land that they came into. He had the people uh, renewed. He had the people following God and believing and trusting as they went into this land. And then at the end of the book, he gives a challenge to a new generation. At this time, Joshua is approximately 90 years old when he said at Joshua 24, verses 14 through 15, Now, therefore... Fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods that your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your fathers served in the regions beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are dwelling in. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And that is a statement that is resounded down through generations for all Christians, all people who love God. In other words, don't fall back into your old life. Say, stay strong in the Lord. Say, stay strong in the Word of God. Understand what you've learned, what's been taught to you, and go forward. And this is a message that is so critically needed today. But the book of Joshua is important for other reasons other than just the story of Joshua's life. Joshua is what many writers have called a bridge group, a book, excuse me, a bridge book. Something like the book of Acts. Acts is a bridge book between the Gospels, which tell of Jesus and his life and his ministry. And then the epistles, which deal with faith, life, and the church. Joshua is a bridge between the years of Israel's wandering in the wilderness. Uh, their preparation, and then settling into a life of occupation in the land. And as we look deep into the book of Joshua, you will become more and more convinced that this is definitely a message for our time. We have millions of Christians in this country today, but very few Joshuas. That is, very few men and women who are determined to obey God no matter what you would have to agree that this is one of the chief reasons that the church is weak today. So here is what we must get from this Old Testament book as we go on these next weeks. While its time and circumstances are different, its principles are timeless. If we as individuals are going to be used by God, and if this church is going to be used by God, then we need to adhere to the principles that we find in the book of Joshua. So let's look at Joshua's commissioning here as we begin in Joshua chapter 1, 
beginning in verse 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan and you and you and all these people into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness and its Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give to them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all that the law that excuse me, all the law that Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you'll make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. You and I have accepted Christ as Savior, and the promises of God never change. He's with us. He'll never leave you. If you've accepted him as your Savior, you have the Holy Spirit dwelling within you. And just as God told Joshua that he would never depart from him, you and I have the real assurance that God never departs from us, even when life is upside down. He is always with us, and he will lead you when you understand and obey his leading. Joshua is the first book in the Bible to bear the name of its chief character. The first five books of the Bible contain some of the greatest men that ever lived. Adam, Noah, Abraham, Joseph, Moses, and others. But Joshua tells of the conquest of Canaan by the tribes of Israel that were led out under the command of Moses And now Joshua leads the way. It's appropriate that this book is called Joshua, for although it deals with other matters too, it certainly shows the character and records the achievements of a very extraordinary man. Philip Keller wrote this, quote, Joshua has seldom been given the full credit he deserves as perhaps the greatest man of faith ever to set foot on the stage of human history. In fact, his entire brilliant career was a straightforward story of simply setting down one foot after the other in quiet compliance with the commands of God, end of quote. Joshua was not perfect. And the achievements of setting one foot down after the other certainly aren't the kind of things that make you popular. Nevertheless, obedience is the key to victory in God's service. And Joshua is a true example of this point. So if you're interested this morning in wanting your life to be more, 
If you're sitting here beginning this study and you're thinking, God, I really want my life to count, but it's difficult. It's a struggle. Then I want to tell you this book is for you because Joshua will give a wonderful example of what God does in the life of a child of God who is totally obedient. So let's look at a point here that I think is important too, and that is that Joshua is a bridge in history. And I borrow this term from Francis Schaeffer. You see, the book is not about only about Joshua. It's a story of conquest, the conquest of Canaan by the tribes Moses led out of Egypt. And this means that it's a transition book, a transition from the patriarchal age in which the nation of Israel was being called, formed, delivered, and trained to the age of settled occupation in the land. It's not until Joshua that we have the fulfillment of the promise originally made to Abraham. Back in Genesis 12, verse 7, God said, To your offspring I will give you this land. That promise was 500 years earlier, and now it's coming to fruition. They go from wandering to occupying. Deuteronomy contains the instructions for what the people are to do when they occupy the land. And Joshua quotes the Lord as saying in Joshua 1, verses 2 through 3, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, just as I promised to Moses. So the book of Joshua records the conquest as well as the division of the land, all according to the promises and the plans of God set down in specific detail in Deuteronomy. And one of the things I want you and I to really understand as we go forward is that God has a plan for you. He has a plan for your life. That's why I enjoyed listening to Nicole this morning because over the last couple of years, she's been a lot of different places, from Florida and looking at other jobs and different things, and now all of a sudden she's being nudged in this direction. And I know what that's like. So I have a real heart for what she's going through. But the one thing that I know personally, as well as what the Word of God says, is that when you and I surrender, that's when the Spirit can work. And as we look at the book of Joshua, while it's dealing with the law and the world, it's still very clear that God is the one leading, and He does it through His Word. So notice God's purposes do not change. It's a key fact that we find in the book of Joshua that his purposes never change. People change. In fact, everyone 20 years old and older that Moses led out of Egypt all died in the wilderness. So the people that actually inherited the land were another generation. Moses was dead. Joshua is the new leader taking over. But God does not change. God is the same, and so are his purposes that he has established for his redeemed people. Therefore, you and I can learn and grow by these principles and apply these principles to our daily walk and to the daily growth of our church. The, continue, uh, the continuity between the patriarch period and the period of Jewish settlement based on the character and will of God is focused on the written word of God. 
which is the period or which was the book of the patriarchs or the first five books of the Bible. So what I have just read to you this morning in the first five first nine verses of Joshua are actually two paragraphs. Uh, the first verse one through five articulate the nature of the book. Moses is dead. Joshua is now taking over. And verse five says, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. That is a powerful affirmation. I mean, just put yourself in the place of Joshua for a minute. You've been given this tremendous plan. And God says, by the way, I'm never going to leave you. I'm never going to abandon you. I'm going to lead you. That is what God does in the hearts and lives of each one of us. It is such a strong affirmation for you and I to realize that when he increases, when the spirit increases in your life, when he takes over and you decrease, as we saw in John chapter 3, verse, verse 30 in our study, the reality is he is living through you. And that allows you to get through the major storms, the major blessings, and always to stay on track. The second paragraph, verses 6 through 9, emphasizes the written word of God that Joshua was to obey as he took his place in the succession. In some ways, these verses are the most important in the book, and it's because Joshua obeyed them to the letter that he is a key biblical figure. Look again at verses 6 through 9. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it, to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. So you see the very key principle that God has given to him. Obey the word. Don't go to the left or the right. Stay focused, stay riveted, and obedient. Now why? Why is that so important? Here's why it's so important to you and I today. Because it's God's instruction for daily living. And when you memorize the word, know the word, assimilate it into your heart, the Holy Spirit has something to work with. Because the Holy Spirit always leads through the word of God. So the more you know the word of God, the more the Spirit is able to work through you and lead you. And thus give you a greater understanding of what he's trying to do in your life. Verse 8. But this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be frightened, and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Are you frightened or dismayed this morning? Have things come into your life that you have no control over and you just don't know what's going on? There are things going to happen in the life of Joshua. There's going to be failures. There's going to be times when they get off the beaten path and they fall and people die and battles are, are struggles. It happens to you and I today. But when God is in control, he leads us through those deep waters. 
These verses detail the special relationship Joshua was to have with the written law of Moses. And you and I must realize that we are to have the same relationship with the Bible. It is the final authority for life. It is a specific guide to daily and future living. And when the Holy Spirit leads and guides you, he does it through the wonderful word of God. Now, here's what's so amazing about Joshua's relationship to the world, to the word. Joshua knew Moses. He knew him personally. He knew he was the writer of the Pentateuch. Joshua knew his strengths and his weaknesses as a man. He knew Moses was a sinner. He knew Moses made mistakes. He knew Moses was just a man. Nevertheless, when he died and God gave him the word, there was no mistaking that what Moses wrote was the word of God. And that is the confidence that you and I need to have when we deal with this book. There are many scoffers, many people who try to put it down. But when you trust the Lord and the Spirit leads you, there's no question this is the final authority of what God was trying to do. As far as Joshua was concerned, the word of the Pentateuch was the word of God. The biblical view of the growth and acceptance of it is simply this. When it was given... God's people understood what it was, and right away, it had authority. So this book reflects or parallels our lives today. These truths are timeless. They speak to our own situations today as they did in Joshua's time. And even more, the written word is what ties Joshua to his predecessor, Moses. And the Bible is what ties you and I to the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is why you can never have the life God wants for you unless you make the word of God your life. Let me say that again. You can never have the life God wants for you until you make the word of God your life. It must dictate your moves, your goals, your aspirations, and your heart. And this is what it was for Joshua. It was the very pinnacle of everything he did and the decisions he made. So what are some keys to success, if I can put it that way? Important as the word was to be possessed by Joshua, it wasn't enough just to have it technically. He needed to possess it spiritually. He needed to have the word of God hidden in his heart. He was to possess it personally. This is the heart of the commissioning by God, and it was to be his life. And there are three parts to the commissioning that we see here this morning. Number one, Joshua was to know the word of God. That is, he was to read it, study it, If God's word was to lead and guide Joshua, then he had to understand it. And if you and I are to experience the glorious life that God has for us, we need to know his word. This is why we have Bible studies and Awana for Kids and student ministries and small groups, all designed to help us continue to be in the word and to grow. And if we are not accomplishing this as a church, then we're simply wasting our time. Because the word of God must be the foundation of everything we do. Number two, Joshua was to meditate on the word. 
verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Meditation implies reasoning about the word and deducting things from it. Meditation has, the, has application as its goal. Many times, some of you will call me during the week, and you've gotten a verse that's really spoken to you, and we discuss it, and we talk about it, and what it means, and what it means for me and you, and go back. These are all the things that help to get us to where God wants us to be. And if it was so critical for Joshua to be in the Word morning and night, let me ask you, How often are you in the Word of God? If you name Christ as your personal Savior, how often are you digesting the Scriptures to find out His commands for your life? Obviously, for Joshua, he would fail without it. And it was critical. And that's why God said, be in it morning and night. Number three, Joshua was to obey God's Word in its entirety. Now, the last element in this list of requirements is probably the most important. Not only was Joshua to know about and meditate on the law of Moses, but he was also and chiefly to obey it. Look at verse 7 and 8. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. And this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you'll have good success. Do you see the correlation today to today? I think this is where much of our present-day Christianity breaks down. It is not that we do not know what it's right, It's that we don't take the time to be planted deep in the Word of God. I mean, just think about this for a moment. I know Joshua is an Old Testament book, and we tend to kind of gloss over these things, but Joshua was commissioned by God to do great and mighty things for the nation. But he was told specifically in order to do it, he had to be in the Word of God. He had to know the Word of God. And it's the same for you and I today. In order for you and I to be able to get through some of the difficult things that this world throws at us, we have to be in the Word of God, that God can work through us and lead us by His Holy Spirit. The practice is important. And we are not, we are to be like the righteous man of Psalm chapter 1, verse 3, which says, He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither, and all that he does prospers. The key of that tree right there is that it's anchored in a place where its roots go deep down into the crystal clear water. So even in the midst of drought, its leaves are fresh and green, and its branches are strong. But not only that, because its roots go so deep, that when the storm clouds rage and the winds howl, it stands strong. That is the importance of you and I. And that uh, Psalm 1 verse 3 is talking about the Word of God. 
when we're anchored into it, we're healthy spiritually. We're strong. Otherwise, we become like uh, the unrighteous man of verse 4, which says, The wicked are not so, but are like the chaff that the wind drives away. Ever feel like your life is out of control? Circumstances are blowing you around like tumbleweed? Then get into the word of God and set your anchor. The leading of the Holy Spirit is always going to take you to the word. So do you want to prosper? And I I need to be quick to say that we talk about prosperity. We're not talking about riches. That's the way the world measures prosperity. That's not what we're talking about. Nearly everybody wants to be prosperous, yet many fail. Why? The problem is that we do not follow the divine formula for success that God has given here to Joshua. According to the Bible, the secret of success is to know God's word, to speak about it, to meditate on it, and then above all, to do what it says. In God's word, there is no substitute for full obedience. Joshua was a great leader, but he was no greater than a thousand other leaders. What made him so special was his total commitment to God's word. And thus, he operated in the full strength of God's word, and so can you and I. And we need to recognize that that is God's plan for you and I. So notice the progression that takes place here. Because after his instructions from God, here's what he's given. Verse 5, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. This promise is for you and I as well. And it wasn't a bed of roses. Because what we're going to see in the next weeks to come is this incredible battle that took place at Jericho. And and you know the story, most of you, you know, here's all these people, and they're instructed to march around the city, you know, six times around the city and be totally silent. Can you imagine the inhabitants on the inside? Like, are these people loony? Or did they say, you know, these are the people that crossed the Red Sea and crossed the Jordan, I'm not too sure what's happening here. But on the seventh day, they blow trumpets and they shout and the walls come tumbling down and they defeat the city. An amazing, incredible victory led by God himself. But then, a little bit later, they come to Ai. Somebody who they were instructed not to touch any of the wealth from Jericho because it was to be an offering to God, somebody took a little gold, took a fine coat, and hid it in their tent. And there was now sin in the camp. And instead of consulting God as Joshua was instructed to do and get direction from God, they look at Ai as this tiny little town out in the middle of nowhere. Let's just send a raiding party. We'll wipe them out. And they lose horribly. That's what happens to you and I when we don't follow the Lord. So the life of Joshua was not a bed of roses. He struggled just like you and I do. And to me, that gives me hope, (laughs) you know, because sometimes when you look at these Bible characters, you go, these guys just be perfect. But no, he's far from perfect. 
but he had the same tools that you and I have been given. So look at how it continues. Verse 6, be strong and courageous. Verse 7, be strong and courageous. Verse 9, haven't I commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Are you seeing a trend here? Here is what the book of Joshua is promising you over the next however many weeks we're here. You have a great God who has not abandoned you, who will never abandon you, and has promised you success if you obey his word. And the success we're referring to is the success that God has set aside for you. And that's what we'll unpack over the weeks to come. But we're not talking about a legalistic effort on your part. By obeying God's word, we learn to rely on the Spirit to guide us. Because that's what we saw in the book of John, that the Spirit of God was given by the Father to guide us into all truth. So it stands to reason, in order to know the truth, you got to be in the truth. And the Spirit guides and leads us. So give yourself a fighting chance. Get into the Word of God. Study it prayerfully. Give the Holy Spirit something to work with. And remember, the Holy Spirit's role is to guide you in truth. So as we go from this point forward and go into the weeks to come, I want you to just allow these truths to sift into your heart and know that you can be strong, you can be courageous, because he's never leaving you. No matter what you do, he's never leaving you. You can turn your back on him. You can fall into sin. You can make mistakes. He's never leaving you. He will never leave you. And when you know that working forward, the motivation of your heart is to know more about him, to be in the word, to be bathed in the word, to let the word flow over you. God, show me your will. Don't let me turn from the left or the right. There's so many temptations, not only sinful temptations, there's just temptations to doubt. There are temptations to get called off to the side because I'm praying and I'm not seeing an answer. And God, what are you doing here? Why do I feel so alone? No, you're not alone because he never leaves you nor forsakes you. And if you and I will grasp these truths and bring them into our hearts and obey as God told Joshua to obey, I'm telling you here on the authority of this book, Your life is going somewhere you have no idea. And it's going to be at the center of God's will. Do you want that kind of life? Do you want to know that your every decision in life is governed by the leading of the Spirit? Together as a church, we'll rock rock the community if he is at the center of everything we do. So may that be our prayer today and in the weeks to come as we go on. And Father, I thank you for your leading. I thank you for this powerful beginning of the book of Joshua. I thank you for the wonderful things 
that you did for this man, and thank you especially for recording them so that we today, in 2015, can read them and absorb them and see just how important your word is and just how important it is to know that you're never going to leave us and how important it is to know that I can follow you every step of the way. I want to thank you in advance, Lord, for what you're doing. But God, I pray this morning if there are any here that are hurting or struggling because they've not been able to find your way, I pray your special grace upon them. Raise them up, Lord, with strength and encouragement. And may we all learn to run the race that's been marked out before us. Thank you, Lord. We'll give you the praise in Christ's name. Amen. God bless.